This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Friday, April 9th, 2021. On this day in 1974, prolific serial killer Alexander Pichushkin was born. By the time he was 33 years old, he claimed to have killed 62 people. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of violence, rape, and murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we'll hear about the horrifying serial killings of Alexander Pichushkin, also known as the Chessboard Killer. Let's go back to April 9, 1974, in Yatisha, a manufacturing sector just northeast of the city of Moscow. At first, everything was normal for the young couple who welcomed little Alexander Pichushkin into the world. But the joy and happiness that comes with being new parents didn't last long for the Pichushkins. When Alexander was only one year old, his father abandoned their family. The young mother did her best to raise her son on her own, and he was a perfect child. Neighbors said that he was pleasant and kind and empathic with animals. But fate had a cruel turn in mind for little Alexander. When Pichushkin was only four years old, he was enjoying himself at a local playground. He might have been swinging too vigorously as the little boy fell backward off the swing set. The seat and its chains came back fast and hit him in the forehead. The impact resulted in an injury to the frontal lobe of his brain. Research has shown that damage of this type can lead to violence and potential psychological conditions in those who suffer them. After the injury, Alexander was never the same. His personality changed, which led him to being bullied mercilessly in school. Other students made fun of him and called him cruel names, belittling his perceived diminished mental capacity. His mother pulled him out of that school and enrolled him in one for children living with disabilities. Pichushkin found this humiliating, and the trauma of it haunted him for the rest of his life. But young Pichushkin had to endure even more misfortune. At some point in his childhood, his favorite grandfather passed away. They had spent a lot of special time together as his grandfather had taught him to play chess. Learning and playing the game together was the happiest part of Pichushkin's youth. When his grandfather died, it hit him very hard and awakened a darkness in him. In 1992, when Pachushkin was 18 years old, he went to a childhood friend and proposed a plan. He suggested that the two of them set out on an adventure, a quest to murder someone. The friend, not really thinking he was serious, went along with the scheme as a lark. 
But when the time came to execute their plan, Pichushkin's friend backed out. Shockingly, after his friend reneged on their scheme, Pichushkin just killed him instead. The details of the crime are vague, but he seemed to get away with it. That same year, Pichushkin killed a young man who was dating his ex-girlfriend by pushing him out a window. This time, the police questioned him, but the death was ultimately ruled a suicide. Chillingly, Pichushkin looked back on these early slayings and said, First murder, it's like first love, it's unforgettable. Coming up, we'll delve into the depths of Pichushkin's depravity and his ultimate fate. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast Network. The Vatican is one of the most recognizable religious sites in the world, but it's also a powerful institution. Its unique history full of secrecy. This Easter, my show Conspiracy Theories looks deep into the church's past to uncover how it became what it is today. Starting April 5th, our new four-part miniseries, Mysteries of the Vatican, dives in to examine some of the most prominent conspiracy theories surrounding this mysterious organization. From the church's sordid rise to power, to prophetic visions, and even assassination attempts. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories, to hear Mysteries of the Vatican. New episodes air every Monday and Wednesday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On April 9th, 1974, prolific serial killer Alexander Pachushkin came into the world. Even though he'd reportedly already killed two people by the time he was 18, his murderous rampage didn't really begin until the early 2000s. In his late 20s, Pachushkin began stalking and killing in Bitsevsky Park, a large green space at the southern end of Moscow. He mostly targeted older, transient men, often inviting them to sit and play chess with him and share some vodka. Another tactic he used was approaching an elderly man who looked down on his luck and offering to share a drink with him at the grave of Pichushkin's deceased dog. One night, Pichushkin encountered an already intoxicated man in the park. As he led the target farther into the wooded park toward the dog's grave, he asked the man what he would ask for if granted a wish. The man replied, to stop drinking, to which the murderer answered, just before taking the man's life, I promise you, today will be the day you stop drinking. Pachushkin's M.O. was pretty much the same in all of his slayings. Once his target was drunk enough, he bludgeoned them with a hammer or a pipe. Then he disposed of the bodies in a sewer well. 
After a while, though, he started leaving the corpses out in the park for all to see, sometimes with the instrument of death still embedded in their craniums. The spate of murders in the park terrified the locals, who had no idea the killer was one of their neighbors. They thought Pichushkin was just an average guy who liked to play chess in the park. The public referred to the savage responsible for this trail of dozens of bodies as either the Bitsa Beast or the Bitsevsky Maniac. Citizens were terrorized by the sheer number of what seemed like random killings and lived in fear of the maniac. During his heyday, Pichushkin murdered 11 people in 2001 alone. He later spoke to the press of this period of violent killings and said, It brought me colossal pleasure. It is compatible to an orgasm. Pichushkin continued murdering as often as possible until he finally got careless. In June 2006, when Pichushkin was 35, he made the mistake of targeting a victim who wasn't an anonymous, intoxicated Park Denison. He took an interest in one of his co-workers from the grocery store where he was a clerk. After he invited her to accompany him on a walk to visit his dog's grave, the woman left a note for her son. She not only told him where she was going, but left Pichushkin's name and information. When the woman was never seen alive again, the note provided a place to start and led to Pichushkin as a suspect. During the investigation, they found subway surveillance footage of the couple walking together. That was enough to lead law enforcement to search the home the killer shared with his mother. What they found inside convinced them that he was not only responsible for his co-worker's murder, but that they had finally uncovered the Bitsa Beast. Officers found a notebook in which Pichushkin had drawn a chessboard and written dates within the squares. The dates corresponded with park killings attributed to the beast. Chillingly, all but two of the squares had been filled in, meaning 62 of the 64 squares seemed to indicate lives taken. This is when Pichushkin was given the lasting nickname, the Chessboard Killer. Although one of the investigators said he thought the name was misleading, as it implied the murderer would have stopped after 64 slayings. Apparently, no one involved in the case really believed that, and Pichushkin himself even said, I never would have stopped, never. They saved a lot of lives by catching me. At the trial in October 2007, the jury deliberated for only three hours. Pichushkin was convicted of killing 48 people. He was also charged with three counts of attempted murder. Unbeknownst to him, three of his targets had survived. He said that he should have been charged with more murders and claimed to have a total of 62 victims. He explained, I thought it would be unfair to forget about the other 11 people. The chessboard killer was sentenced to life in prison at the Polar Owl Penal Colony in Siberia, north of the Arctic. He spent the first 15 years in solitary confinement. When asked in an interview what he would do if he were ever released from prison, the Slayer replied, kill couple of people just to get rid of stress. Then I will rape a woman and drink some vodka. 
Hopefully, that day never comes. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more on The Chessboard Killer, check out my other show, Serial Killers, on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 